truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here live and on demand on Blaze Radio TV and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. We'll have a, a fourth member of the program here for hour number one. Shannon Joy from New York will be joining us here momentarily for your Dace Group Roundtable. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Let us know what you think about what we think as well via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We'll be getting to some of the feedback that you've sent us recently. Uh, we'll be responding to your responses to us. That's coming up in the second hour uh, later on today here, live and on demand on Blaze Radio TV and podcast. Now you're going to hear Mucho Truth Bombzo. And I'm 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 going to start. Uh, I think I've I've made a I've resolved. I'm going to start mixing more and more Spanish into the program, since there's clearly, as we learned last night, there's just no one is serious about securing this border that actually has the power to do so. There's all kinds of people uh, that are serious about securing it that are not empowered to do anything about it, but those who are apparently aren't serious. So in in preparation of that, and because Arabic is just too damn hard, that, that's really the language you're going to have to learn, frankly, if we're all just keeping it real here. It is an, it's the year of no BS, right? At least our kids will, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, your kids, and maybe if you start them young, is there a Rosetta Stone for Arabic? Do they offer that software? If, if not... I mean, there's going to be a boom market on that uh, in the years to come. I, I can, uh, I can uh, promise you. Uh, but uh, for now, I'm going to go with something I at least did a few years in high school that I remember a little bit of. Un poco. You like that? Un poco. No bueno. Sure. Como, uh, uh, como se llama? Me llamo Todd. Nice. Muy That's bien. about all we got, though. Muy we bien. should stop there. Yeah. So if, if you want to know, as we're just going to go ahead and just let whatever's left of Western civilization, you know, out the back door down there on the Rio Grande, uh, if you're wondering, you know, what is it? Where did these ideas come from? Uh, if you're like new to this whole thing called American exceptionalism, you know, like, for example, if you're a member of Congress, um, that's why we did this cruise. Uh, and, and I can think of about 400 members of Congress that should take this next year. Uh, it is called uh, the cruise through history, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna go to the roots of Western civilization, which is what gave birth to what we call it here on this side of the Atlantic, uh, American exceptionalism. Uh, you're gonna visit Italy, Croatia, Jerusalem, Israel, Athens, and Greece. Uh, you're gonna find out, um, you know, the moral values. Where did we get these ideas of rights come from God? Um, where did these notions come from? Where did notions of a republic, uh, of a democratic form of government, but with a Republican representative overarching theme? Where did all of these ideas, free market capitalism, uh, Glenn Beck and some of the VIPs here at The Blaze are going to take you on this cruise next spring. Now, there will be tons of fun and nightlife and fine dining as well. It is a vacation, but you're going to learn something. And hopefully, before it's not too late. Uh, you can bring your kids and your grandkids on this as well if you want to get to details on the various packages that are available for this trip next year. Just go to the website, comesailaway.com. That's comesailaway.com. And now, without further ado, it is time for the Dace Group.
Your weekly look at the week that was begins as it typically does. With issue one, bleep Democrats say. Come on, man. Come on. If I were President of the United States, I would insist that Congress pass an amendment to the Amateur Sports Act requiring, requiring equal pay for men and women in all of our national sports teams. Come on, man. What do you have to I say? Deserve this. What do you deserve? I deserve You deserve all of it. I mean, come on. Yes to AOC, yes to Nancy Pelosi, yes to um, the bipartisan. Congress, yes to Chuck Schumer, yes to anyone else that um, wants to invite us and have a real substantive conversation um, and that believe in the same things that we believe in. Oh, come on, man. There's abuse. There's abuse. This was them on their best behavior and they put them in a room with no running water and these women were being told by CBP officers to drink out of the toilet. I'm looking forward to this, man. We should be having a conversation about eliminating their existence, mm-hmm. reforming, um, you know, this, this, the, the agencies that deal with the, our most vulnerable, which are children and women. And we've got to remember that they are fleeing the deadliest countries on the face of the planet today, compounded by drought that was caused not by God, not by Mother Nature, but by us. You gotta recognize that kid wearing a hoodie may very well be the next poet laureate and not a gangbanger. But I fear that sometimes people might have thought that Barack made it look easy, so it must be easy. It's kind of like, I guess if the black guy could do it, anybody can do it. You walk behind me in a debate, Come here, man. All of this is part of this overall plan, this overall hostility to non-white people in America. Now, whether it's through the census, whether it's through threatening raids, the president's overall goal is to say, look, if you don't look like a certain kind of white person, I don't necessarily want you to feel comfortable. Uh, And we've got to stop the trash-talking, Twitter-trolling, tearing folks down. You know, it is so hard, I think, to avoid the comparison between Epstein and Trump. Of course, one is under indictment. The other is not, but there are similar incredible allegations of this kind of conduct. Those people who are online making fun of members of Congress are a disgrace. And there's no need for anyone to think that is unacceptable. We're going to shut them down and work with whoever it is to shut them down, and they should be prosecuted. Look at what's happening with Putin. While he, while Putin is trying to undo our elections, he is undoing elections in, in Europe. Look what's happening in Hungary. Look what's happening in Poland. Look what's happening in Moldova. Look what's happening. You think that would have happened on my watch or Barack's watch? You can't answer that, but I promise you it wouldn't have. And it didn't. Based on some recent polling that based on Democrat voters, more than half of them prefer to keep their private health insurance. Even though Medicare for all, if Medicare for all was an option, would you give them that choice? Nope. <laughs> uh, let's get to the first question. What's your favorite example? A bat poop crazy from this week. Todd, I'll start with you. Well, I think I think I'm gonna go with Joe Biden. I know Come it's, on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. I know. But and it's just I th- look, man. 
because it it says so much. I mean, really, we we say that on a daily basis. He's kind of feeling our pain <laughs> in, in many respects. Uh, he, that he just like how how am I in this position at this point in my life where I have to answer to this sort of environment? Yeah, I know. Join the club, Joe. We've got jackets, but I I, I just love that you have to wear this. I, I love that this is ultimately going to crush your professional and political uh, career after all of this time putting in the legwork where you should perhaps be the default guy you are going to be thrown out to the curb like the trash so I, I i think that that and it's it it could be any choice in this because it's beautiful but there, I think there is I some insta karma is going to get you oh, yeah. john lennon there yeah i mean you know um, we're at the point now that we all shine on, okay? Because um, uh, in a monkey shine sort of way, if you get the movie reference, because what what you're watching, and it, it, it's the same thing with Ocasio-Cortez and Nancy Pelosi that's going on as we speak. Yeah. These people are being devoured. Yes. By the very elements that they cynically unleashed and sicked on, yes. th- on their political opponents that they mostly... Um, didn't really have too many disagreements with, as, as Shannon notes, the, the likes to note the, the unibrow phenomenon. They mostly just disagreed with them on whose vested interests got the graft, right? Do we give it to our corrupt labor unions or do we give it to our corrupt uh, K Street buddies, right? That, that's really the, the, the majority of the argument pretty much since Reagan left the national stage. That's pretty much been the argument du jour between Republicans and, and Democrats at, a, at an elite Washington level. And there have been attempts to do something about that. The Tea Party was the latest one, for example. But but that's by and large been what the main argument has been. And in order to get the way that they wanted for their vested interests, the Nancy Pelosi's of of the world and the Joe Biden's of the world uh, cynically unleashed these Marxists um, and and, and on their their opponents to label anybody who would dare have any modicum of disagreement and say, you know, I think we should spend $6.73 trillion on Medicare instead of 5.99. Ah, uh, you're a racist, misogynist, homophobic, xenophobic bigot. Right? This has been this has been the play. This has been their Vince Lombardi fullback dive or or USC student body right, right? Yeah. That's been their go-to play, bread and butter. And now that the locusts are done with the with the field with the potter's field that we've we we've been hung out to dry in, they've now made their way over to their crops. And since we're not going to obviously get anything affirmatively conservative, and, and, and we haven't before Trump, it appears we're not going to get much with him. So at the very least, it's the little things that you can enjoy. And this level of karma, it, it's about all we've got left here. Is that what I hear you saying? Or did I embellish a little too much? No, as, uh, as the new style of the show is going to be, muy bueno. Yes. And Aaron, by God, if you take that away from me too, when I turn to you, you are really fired this time. Oh, no, no. Uh, More power to you. Probably my... uh, It's all I've got left. I'm hanging by a very thin thread here (laughs) after what happened yesterday, all right? I I do like uh, Frederica Wilson um, saying that people who make fun of uh, Congress people online should be prosecuted. It is, um, you know, coming from anybody else, that would just be cray-cray, but it's coming from the woman who wears bedazzled uh, cowboy outfits and get-ups quite often. And uh, I thought that was a level of... (laughs) Self-awareness that, um, you know, we frankly just don't see too much. Uh, So it was not the kind of self-awareness you're looking for, but it was um, self-awareness. Maybe not uh, the way she thought of it, though. 
Shannon, you get the last word here. What was your favorite part of the bat poop crazy this week? For me, it has to be a tie between Megan Rapino and Michelle Obama because the the sour grapes coming from these two women, they are the winningest women that you could ever imagine. I mean, all they have done is one in life, right? And all they can do is complain about this great country. That all they do is bitch, 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 no matter I mean, what. Is that what I hear you saying right now? Yeah. I think that Megan is upset about her hair. That's what I think it is. It's the bottom line. Like, she's upset about, you know, that train wreck every day but i mean they really just petulant child syndrome coming i mean it, and so i would have to say it's a tie between those two but even more disturbing daniel Horn, horowitz and i this morning were lamenting to each other as we do from time to time and i'm going to steal this from him because really at this point these debates the uh within the democratic primary the communists coming out of the woodwork um the only valuable insight that you really can get from any of this is the fact, the unfortunate indication of how far left the Republicans have moved. It's almost as if we've given the Democrats everything they've ever wanted. We've legislated to the left of Obama in many areas, including the border, Planned Parenthood, uh, debt and deficit. And so at this point, they're just doubling down. And so as uh, as funny as it is, it's also disturbing because mm -hmm. it's an indication of, of where the Republican Party is. And Unfortunately, even if we vote Republican in 2020 and go for it, more power to you, uh, it's not going to solve this problem. And eventually, at some point, these people are going to get into office. And I don't know that we're going to have the infrastructure or the movement that is going to be able to fight them. Yeah. You're, if you're voting Republican, you're, you're really just doing it with, with a few individual exceptions collectively. You're just doing it because you feel like you're drowning out at sea and it's the only driftwood that you can hold on to in the hope that maybe somewhere uh, 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 salvation will, will arrive by another means, uh, some, some ocean liner or something. You're, because you're voting Republican now to get the policies you opposed when Bob Dole was running against Bill Clinton or um, you know when, when George W. Bush was running against Al Gore. Uh, that's really, you're voting Republican to get the stuff you used to oppose. That's really what you're doing. And on the Megan Rapino front, I mean, this woman is what would happen if Rosie O'Donnell had chosen to play soccer instead. And, and watching this transpire and watching it take place, and now there's a video out that I saw you share earlier today. Yeah. Oh, it's heinous. Uh, where, where another, where one of the women's players literally says, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're coming for your women uh, to have our, our sexual way with them. Is that yeah. essentially what the video is? Yeah. Yeah. So... I, you know, I did get one piece of legislation proposed by a Democrat this week that I'm wholly on board with. All right. And I want to say it was um, uh, the idiot mayor there in New York City who proposed this, that that until there is equal pay between the men's and women's team, we don't send the women's team back to the World Cup. Perfect. There you go. Sold. Boom. I'm in. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Let's get to the exit question on a scale of one to ten. With one being as pathetic as Lindsey Graham's T-level, and now he has been put in charge of the committee that is going to investigate what big tech is doing to censor conservatives. So I'm going to, you know what? I, I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm going to have to tap out. I, I'm, this is one of those days I'm wondering, why, why am I doing this still? I mean, what, 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 why am I just, why am I trying? Why? Todd and I had that uh, existential moment when you yeah, were gone. I'm having, I'm having it right now in the middle of the program, no less. But keep watching anyway. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being Lindsey Graham's pathetic T-level and 10 being how much Ilan Omar hates America and the Jews. Rate this week's level of cray-cray, Todd. What do you think? Second week in a row. I'm and you have to do it in Spanish. Give me a number in Spanish. 1, 2, 10. 
uh, uh, Nuevo. To prepare for your uh, for your uh, your, your future se- second week in a row. Nuevo. Uh, giving it a nine. Yeah. Nice, Shannon. It's hard to shock me anymore. I'm an Uno. It's Uno. Part of course. Okay. El Savenio. Uno dos tres cuatro. That's not a number. Siete. It's Siete. Is that what seven. he meant? Yeah, yeah. Siete is what he meant. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Uh, let's get to issue two. The death of normalcy. First, there was this. I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful, to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. And then there was a long string of faux pas. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. We've got to recognize that kid wearing a hoodie may very well be the next poet laureate and not a gangbanger. I mean, come on. He says he's gotten NATO to give in more oh, money for their defense be because of his tactics. Oh, come on, man. The ACLU has a roadmap for cutting incarceration by 50% through reforms that have been endorsed by both the right and the left, including four other presidential candidates and many conservatives. Let me show do you, you commit to cutting incarceration by 50% if elected? We can do it more than that. Look at what's happening with Putin. While, he, while Putin is trying to undo our elections, he is undoing elections in, in Europe. Look what's happened in Hungary. Look what's happened in, in Poland. Look what's happened in Moldova. Look what's happening. You think that would have happened on my watch or Barack's watch? You can't answer that, but I promise you it wouldn't have. And it didn't. And now polling. The latest Suffolk University poll of Iowa has Joe Biden's lead shrinking to 8% over the surging Kamala Harris with 16%. Elizabeth Warren has overtaken Bernie Sanders with Pete Buttigieg lagging in fifth. The latest poll of New Hampshire shows Bernie Sanders clinging to a 2% lead over Elizabeth Warren with Joe Biden way behind in fourth place. A brand new Fox News poll of South Carolina shows Biden still with a commanding lead over Bernie Sanders. But regardless, it seems like Uncle Joe, after the debate, is headed down. True or false, that poll that Aaron cited, by the way, is the is by far the best Iowa poll post-debate there has been for Biden. There have been, I can think of three others that have had him way behind or having lost his lead entirely. So, issue to the death of normalcy symbolized by Joe Biden. In the, the death of normalcy anyway in the Democratic Party, or at least the closest thing to normalcy they are capable of obtaining. Is he dead man walking, Shannon? I'll start with you. What do you think? You know, I have no idea because I don't know what the script calls for, right? The performance was great. I really enjoyed that stirring performance uh, between Joe Biden and Kamala Harris during the Democratic uh, you know, debate. But I, I think that you know what I believe. I believe that these things are largely scripted. And I have to say, I don't think it matters. I think that 
the the swamp is is looking at the Trump presidency and saying, hey, you know, he's doing a pretty good job for us. We're pushing through all of our initiatives. We're getting all of our agenda uh, items accomplished. We're shifting the Republican Party drastically to, to the left. We're destroying the conservative movement. I can't imagine why the swamp would want any other president than Donald Trump. So I think what we're looking at in the Democrat primary is, in my estimation, somewhat of a circus sideshow. They're going to give us the appearance of a, of you know, a, a you know, a, an election. We're we're going to you know choose our sides. We'll pick whoever. But I think ultimately President Trump is going to win in 2020 unless something crazy happens, which is why I'm pretty much not even covering the Democratic primary because I don't really think it matters. Um, if you are, you know, watching this again, you know, as I said, the only thing that you could use is, is as a, a, you know, to evaluate how far the left, the Republicans are moving. But I, I really don't think it matters, to be honest. Well, here's where it would matter. I go with your own scenario that you've articulated. If, 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 if you take your scenario um, if you if you play it out, then this is exactly what has to happen to a guy like a Joe Biden, because you 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 can't possibly offer middle America a, a soft landing spot away from the Trump antics. Right. So if if, if your scenario, if, if you play with it, play it out a little more then this is what's supposed to happen to a Joe Biden, that they run him out on a rail, uh, humiliate him in the process. And he, of course, plays a good role in humiliating himself uh, as well in order to set the stage to nominate an Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, or maybe that's your actual ticket, right? You f- then you freak out, uh, you, you freak out, middle America, they're like, there's no way. When we, we will take uh, small s socialism uh, when it favors us, when it's the subsidies coming to our states and our communities, but there's no way we're going full bore uh, Das Kapital here, right? It, wouldn't that ha- yeah. be what would have to happen to, for your scenario to take place? You'd, you'd kind of well, need yeah. the deconstruction of Joe Biden to occur, right? He, because he's a somewhat likable character and he, people don't they don't look at him and think this guy is crazy off the rails. And so he could if I, I, I suppose if there were anyone who could come close to potentially beating President Trump, it probably would be Joe Biden. And so, I, you know, yeah, that's exactly what would need to happen. The, the Democrats have to be portrayed as absolutely terrifying, radical communists so that conservatives and Republicans will accept the progressive socialism that is being served to them by their own party. So that's necessarily what would have to happen. And and then there's some truth in advertising here, Todd, because that's exactly what the Democratic Party by and large has become. Joe Biden is the last of a of another era that will likely I, I don't think we'll ever see anything like him ever again. Well, and it goes back to what you said before. Uh, this the script was when Pelosi and Biden unleashed the, the the Marxists to get th- their bidding done versus the likes of us. That mm-hmm. was the script. But they've lost control of the script. You By definition, you can't script progressivism. Progressivism is out is is unchained. It, it, that's what it, it, intersectionality. People like Joe Biden. Not when, the, when, when you believe ye be like God, yeah. you aren't going to accept the authority from anybody that doesn't no. give you your way, regardless of whether they're wearing your jersey uniform, right. they were, had your talking points 10 minutes ago. You can't ever deny me that which I am convinced I want, therefore I must have. So it was a, it was a mathematical certainty that Joe Biden, to me, was going to be done. 
because it must be that way, not because he's Joe Biden, not because any single thing he's even done, not even that busing thing. It's because he's old, white, straight Joe Biden. From an America where we used to yes. actually come together at times and agree on at least yeah. something. Right. That's why he, he can't last. Now, there are ways where progressivism also, because it has to destroy many things, it will also potentially destroy itself so they're they're in the safety school sense that i always mention there there there's a default default survivability mm-hmm. for the likes a of a joe biden still to this day because of the implosionability of progressivism but we we simply can't uh, uh bank on that they, and the collateral damage when a worldview like yes. this gets control and then it yes. will implode and destroy yes. itself there's no question about that but the body count and exactly. the collateral damage of what it will take down with it is incalculable exactly right. so i'm i just think when it's steve you and shannon i mean we talk about scripted pro wrestling and things like there is a lot of that going on but one thing we can't do is easily transfer that over to progressivism you absolutely you've got on the republican side and the democrat side those who still do that but the yeah. unchained melody of progressivism it can't stop it won't stop all right aaron quickly your thoughts yeah i i think this segues well into what i wanted to say about this we're learning i think once and for all and we've we've provided this disclaimer before about the democratic party that yes it is the party that is driven or its base is driven by marxist progressive uh progressivism but there is still a party apparatus there i think what we've learned and what we should be learning from joe biden's demise once and for all is that if you really want to predict what the democratic party's next move is despite that party apparatus despite the people at the top who just want to stay in power for power's sake uh when it is driven by the progressivism that todd is talking about if you want to figure out what where they're going next you have to put yourself inside the shoes of the joker and that is chaos and we have we cannot apply the same rules we wouldn't apply the same rules to the joker as you would scarecrow uh they're they're both heinous but with again for the reasons one's an agent of chaos yes for the reasons you guys just pointed out we have to be able to make that distinction and that's hard because we want to try to provide our best educated guess on what's going to happen next but again it's chaos and it's very hard to do so quickly on this exit question if the odds a straight white male was going to be the 2020 democratic presidential nominee were a deaf leopard song which Def Leppard song would it be? A, Too Late for Love. B, Foolin'. C, Rock of Ages. Todd. Too Late for Love. Shannon. Too Late for Love. Aaron. Too Late for Love. Yeah, I think you guys are right about that. I agree. Hey, Real Estate Agents I Trust is a company that was started several years ago because those who started it uh, also had experienced so much frustration with buying or selling a home, no sense of urgency, uh, lack of uh, consistently returned phone calls, no real marketing other than the answer was, let's have another open house, right? Um, if, if you are looking to get into the real estate market, then you're looking for a real estate agent that you can trust. How can you determine whether this agent is trustworthy? You're looking for an agent that checks all three of the following boxes. Number one, they've got a, a track record of successful uh, you know, activity uh, as a real estate agent. Don't underestimate that okay a lot of people talk a good game but do they have the results secondly somebody who gets all the new technology and the data and the algorithms that's all important you guys listen to this show you know i'm into that too but but part of any formula or any algorithm is uh the outliers because you're not selling an algorithm you're not selling a formula uh you're selling a home that's either inhabited by a human being or being sold by one or you're or, or i mean you're buying one or you're selling yours and you're that human being and human beings you know sometimes play most of the time play to the math but human nature trumps the math so you got to know the outliers and not just you know go rote with the the algorithms out there and then third 
Um, do you have a rapport with that person? Will they return your calls? Um, do you guys get along? It's a very personal process between you and your agent. Very relational. If that rapport is not there, the likelihood it will be successful, that relationship really diminishes. So if you're looking for an agent that checks all three of those boxes, you're looking for real estate agents, I trust.com. All right. That's the next box to check. Go to the website, real estate agents, I trust.com. All right. When we get back here for the, uh, for the next segment, I, I want to get into what happened yesterday. And I got to say this first, since I'm going to get blamed, I get blamed for everything. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to take the blame for this. I had somebody tell me the other day, Trump would be doing a better job if I shield for him more. Cause you're right. The, what are we, the 38th ranked podcast on Stitcher. You're right. Mm. The, the 38th ranked podcast on Stitcher is, is, is why is standing in the way of the most powerful man in the, in, in the world, uh, following through on some things. All right. So yesterday I jinxed it. This is totally on me. You said you weren't. I said I wasn't. I yeah. brought it up at the very end of the show. And the reason I brought it up is because you know, I, I do still have some sources. I, I know I like to joke that I've burned every bridge. That's not entirely true. I've only burned most of them. Uh, but um, uh, I, I was pretty confident, particularly with the timing and the gathering of, of all these conservatives being targeted on social media, perfect setting to announce your defiance. Uh, I, as the great prophet Richard Marks once sang, I should have known better. All right. So what we're going to talk about next, totally on me. I jinxed it. My fault. I, I should know better than to anticipate something good. Me, mom. My bad. All right, we'll come back. More in a moment. Hey, have you seen what's happening with gold lately? Prices are starting to reflect today's crazy financial world. And if you've been thinking about buying gold lately, uh, you're in good company. And and people own gold for many reasons. For example, central banks, governments, investors, big and small, uh, they run to gold for protection against a falling dollar and uh, protect their wealth from out-of-control government spending, not to mention just good old-fashioned profit. Uh, If you want to learn more information, call Swiss America today at 1-800-289-2646. That spells 1-800-BUY-COIN, by the way. And you'll get the timeless truth about gold. Experts say now is the time to take action before you miss out on gold hitting record highs that you don't get the chance to take advantage of. All right, if you want to learn more again and discover what the experts are saying about why you want to buy gold, 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646, or go to the website, SwissAmerica.com. All right, let's get back to the day's group as we go to issue three, no balls again. Yesterday, the Trump administration finally stood up to the courts over the citizenship question on the U.S. Census. Here's what happened. So what I'm understanding here, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're not giving me any money. So now I'm left basically with nothing. I'm left with zero, which, in which what can I do with zero? You know, what can I... I can't do anything with it. I need to, this is my life here we're talking about. We're not just talking about, you know, something else. We're talking about my life, you know, and it's forcing me to do something I don't want to do, to leave, 
to, to go out and just leave and go home and say, make a clean cut here and say, no way, Corky, you're not putting up with these people. And I'll tell you why I can't put up with you people, because you're people. That's what you are. You're just people. And I'm going home and I'm going to, I'm going to bite my pillow is what I'm going to do. One of my favorite movie scenes of all time. Well played, Aaron. Because that's actually, you should have put my name there. All right. Because that's where I'm at right now. Gotta make a clean cut. Gotta make a clean cut here. Okay. So, in a 1988 presidential debate, um, is it Bernard Shaw? Is that who used to work for CNN? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was the moderator, one of the moderators of that debate between George Herbert Walker Bush and Michael Dukakis. You can find a clip of this. Go look for it on YouTube. And a lot was being made about Michael Dukakis was too liberal. And George H.W. Bush was attacking him for being a card-carrying member of the ACLU and uh, being pro-Soviet. And you're like, wait a minute. Republicans used to run to the right of Democrats. (laughs) Yes, kids. No, they didn't mean it. Damn it, they at least ran to the right. Give us something. All right? Um, And... uh, uh, and, and in this debate, they were trying to kind of get a, you know, a foothold on is Michael Dukakis, who once led this race by 17 points and was now losing it. Is he really outside of the American mainstream? And so, and so Bernard Shaw asked Michael Dukakis, you know, to, to kind of figure out, figure out what is the, what is the lengths of your worldview? What, what, how far are you willing to take this? And he asked them, hey, if your wife, because he was getting attacked for, he had a furlough program in Massachusetts. And one of the more infamous, which means devastatingly effective, and Democrats hated it. That's what they mean by infamous ad. And it's the ad that made Lee Atwater's career, the great Republican consultant. It made his career. was the Willie Horton ad. And it was the ad that attacked Michael Dukakis for this furlough program, and it was a revolving door. It was the ad, and criminals were, were walking through this revolving door. What happened is they let Willie Horton out on a furlough, and he raped uh, and murdered raped the wife and then murdered the fa- made the family watch while they raped them and then he murdered them all and lee atwater turned this into an ad and so to kind of give michael dukakis almost a chance to explain himself bernard shaw asked him hey if your wife if your wife was kidnapped and raped and murdered would you want the death penalty for her assailant that was the question that he asked Do you remember this oh yeah and Michael Dukakis went on to explain why he would not. And, and it, it really didn't, it wasn't going to matter what was said the next three weeks after that. He had no shot. By the way, it's the last time a Republican won California was that election. After Dukakis said that in 1988, last time. I, I would like to set the president aside in a very Bernard Shaw kind of way. And ju- I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, when, when the Federalist Society, you guys need to know, FedSoc is who protects terrible Republican justices from people like me. And they're out there in the media today, like president really let us down here. We were expecting a stronger response to the census question to the courts than we got. When the Federalist Society is saying it's time to put a check on the courts. These are the people who have been saying that from my whole career, I'm nuts. This is, let me put a name on it to help you guys. When David French says, because that's who this, that's who the FedSoc Society is. When David French says, I, I think the courts have gone too far and it's time to take an affirmative action with your branch. That means they've not only gone too far, we're, we're not even east of Eden. 
We're in the seventh ring of hell is what that means. We can't, we can't deny it now. And then he says yesterday, well, I would never think of pushing back against the courts. I'm hoping that'll just be another one of his vows he breaks because he breaks a lot. So I'm hoping he'll break that one. That's a vow I'm hoping he breaks. So I just would like to ask the president. Suppose some pagan judge, you know, the Bernard Shaw kind of a question. Suppose one of these judges determined that it's a universal injunction. You have to turn over your assets and to be redistributed to these uh, poor countries that you are, uh, you're, you're racially profiling, these uh, blank hole countries. What would we do? What would you say, Mr. President? Would you just say, oh, there's nothing to do. Man. We, 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 no, we can do. Oh. What, 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 what is it they could demand? Anything. Anything. What would it be? They would get you to say, that's just ridiculous. They're strip mining his presidency as we speak. I don't have a question here. I, I just... I, I just needed to vent so somebody else may talk now. I don't, I don't really care. Who. Todd and I had this conversation when you were gone where um, I am not so convinced now just w- looking at culture as a whole. I'm not convinced that even if we had a governor, uh, a mayor, a president who had the balls to step up and actually defy the co- – guys, this is a freaking question – on the census, are you? I assume it would be: Are you a citizen of the United yeah, States? Yeah. Are you a citizen of the United States? That's eight words. Couldn't even stand up to that. When we have a guy who was elected uh, on the things that he was elected on, that he was an outsider, that he would, you know, he fights, um, who's not even willing. To stand up and say, no, we're actually going to put print eight words on the census. I am no longer convinced, even if we had somebody to stand up to the courts on the injunction on, on borders, the injunction on, on blank hole countries, the injunction on fill in the blank that have, that have been much, much larger issues than this. If we had a president who was actually able to stand up to the courts on those things, I'm not convinced that he could find somebody to actually carry out his orders because of how fundamentally broken we are as a country. We elect these people. They are reflections of us. And I don't see any willingness uh, across culture to stand up to much of anything. Um, I mean, as you're talking, the Arizona governor, Doug Ducey, is just, I'm not making this up. The guy who told Nike to get out of my state, if you're going to be anti-American, just announced he was backtracking on this. And letting Nike know that Arizona is open for business. This just yeah. went down as you were just, this is it, like serendipity, as you were just saying this, yeah. like on cue, like you, you cued you it can't, up. You can't even, you can't even, if we had somebody with the stones to do that, I don't think we could find people to actually carry out his order, even if he had the power to do that. That is, that guys, that is next level just brokenness that is next and maybe level. and maybe he that maybe that's the art of the deal and he recognizes that maybe maybe the art of the deal he recognizes you know what if i did this none of y'all are defending me anyway so uh, you know you guys just you guys and all you guys want are anti-cnn memes anyway so why would i break a sweat why 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 would i put a ring on it when you're going to you're gonna you're gonna drop your panties for me for far less than that sort of commitment so why should i do it you're saying for all donald trump's cravenness and juvenileness he still 
might be more authentic and real than most of the people. I've never, I've never denied that, actually. Yeah. I've never denied that. Yeah. It's just yep. that he's a broken person. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you wish he weren't more real. All right. We've got another topic to get to. Shannon, do you want to chime in on this before we go? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that we have two problems here. One is the personality of a president who, in my opinion, never intended to do any of the things that he ever promised. Um, I always thought that Trump was more of a reality star than he was a president. And the only way that we were going to get him to move would, would be if the conservative movement underneath him pushed him to do conservative things. There was a very interesting conversation between Newt Gingrich and Sean Hannity during the primary of 2016, prior to when Trump was nominated. And they were chuckling with each other about how nobody knows what Trump's going to do. He's an enigma. We don't know where he's going to (laughs) go. It's so hilarious. We just have to surround him with conservatives and move him in the right direction. That was what they bargained for with the with this president was that we had no idea what he was going to do the case here it was it's it is a president who has absolutely no principles married to a movement that has absolutely no cojones and no vision and when you have those two things you have you have a recipe for disaster this is simply you know i call it the trump the trump hustle right it's the big loud rhetoric right i'm going to build the biggest strongest most fabulous he's going to say whatever we want to hear with itty bitty tiny little results that's what we're dealing with time and time and time again just last week planned parenthood uh, you know the 60 million dollar cut to planned parenthood that all the pro life organizations gave trump headlines over a couple weeks ago yeah they just got rid of that and delayed that in addition health and human services that had that that great new set of rules that was going to protect religious liberty it was going to protect right to conscience for doctors and nurses and mm-hmm. practitioners right Oh, by the way, they're delaying that until November when they don't have to. Why? Because courts are uh, challenging, the, you know, these efforts. They are caving on everything and every single promise. And and the problem here at this point is really not Trump. He is who he is. I totally agree with what you're about to say it next. It's yeah. not Trump. Yep. It is the movement yep. behind it. I totally it's agree. The big talkers. It is Rush Limbaugh. Yep. It is Sean Hannity. It is the big conservative organizations. They don't have the cojones to stand up. They're cashing it in. They're making their money. And they are are driving us down the road to hell because this is not sustainable. We are being lurched to the left at every course. And we're so distracted by Trump, who doesn't even matter at this point. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. Everything else is so corrupt. That is why I always say we have to retreat to higher ground. Okay. The higher ground is local, local, local. That's where the resistance is, period. Exit question. Will Trump at, 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 ever, at any point in his presidency, defy these pagan leftists, but I repeat myself, judges, at any point, regardless of how long his presidency lasts? The best money is on no. Yes or no? Aaron? No. Shannon? No. Issue four, fake outrage. The Washington Post ran two articles this week bemoaning supposed white supremacists bellyaching over the casting of a black woman to play Ariel in the upcoming live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Their evidence? Well, a handful of tweets from accounts with followers totaling in the low hundreds of people. Also this week, misogynists are apparently up in arms about a female being cast as a lead in the upcoming Terminator 6 movie. Same story, a handful of tweets from some randos on Twitter. But then again, as Clay Travis said this week, that's social media for you. Oh, wait on. I'll just ask this guy. Um, excuse me, would you mind taking a photo of us? Yeah, no problem. Thank you. 
Okay, everybody say cheese. Oh, um, actually, I'm a vegan. Could you please have us say something else? <laughs> okay, everybody say tofu. Tofu is actually not as good for you as vegans think. Any CrossFit will tell you that. It's bad for your testosterone levels. Okay, I'm sorry. How about we all just smile? Oh, if one more asshole asks me to smile. Not really an asshole. Taking a photo for you, so. What's there to smile about anyway? Okay. <sighs> you. What was your favorite fake outrage this week? That we're supposedly offended at a female lead in the new Terminator movie when a kick-ass female has been the lead in Terminator movies for 35 years! Or that anonymous Twitter account uh, with no followers uh, symbolizing white America's outrage at a black mermaid. Because that's what we do at our white privilege conferences. We get around yeah. and we ask ourselves, what's the proper skin tone of mermaids? Uh, no, uh, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite one this week, Todd? What do you think? It's the f- former because of the fact that we like we checked this box like a long time ago i mean i really i steve and i were aaron's age when we checked this box come on come on man <laughs> we've come full circle <laughs> yes we, we have joe we, we see we feel your pain joe we get it shannon go ahead Oh gosh, I, I guess I'll go with the the Little Mermaid just because I really like that movie and one of my favorites. And I mean, I don't. I I mean, you, the the outrage. I mean, it goes back to even you know back to Megan Rapinoe, who we talked about at the very beginning of the show, who is outraged over President Trump's treatment of LGBTQ communities. This you is know? the most um, pro homo president we've ever had. It's not even close. And the, and it's hilarious. It's not even close. Yeah. This is Washington Post headline, Trump will push to decriminalize homosexuality worldwide. So we are putting millions, millions into an effort to, to de- you know, so, but what in the write-up of that story, they accuse Trump of what they're calling now homo-nationalism, right? So they use, and they I define can't. it. As- I, you're, I know you're going to say something smart. <laughs> I got to tap out at homo-nationalism. I just... I have to. Well, that's how they snatch it away, right? You can go further and further and further to the left, give them everything that they want, and they will just, they will snatch it away no matter what and accuse you of your homo-nationalistic tendency. Aaron, quickly say something really snarky, dumb, cynical. Homo-nationalism. Yes. Predictions. Aaron, you go ahead. Go. Uh, NFC East, uh, it's going to be the Eagles, uh, followed by, I think the Giants are actually going to have a resurgence, uh, then the Cowboys, and then the Redskins. You know, the, 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 the handicappers are all betting the over on the Giants. So I just, I'm, I'm fading the Cowboys because I keep, I keep buying them every year, but I'm just fading them. That's more, that's more along the motive, my motivations for placing the Giants as high as I did. What do you think, Todd? Uh, What's your prediction? If the professional baseball empires have any integrity whatsoever, they will be striking in the next two years to protest this robot strike zone, which is ultimately going to neuter them if they allow it to happen. Shannon? Uh, Even though I think that most everything in Washington, D.C. is scripted, I think that this new emerging uh, Steyer character entering the Democratic um, race. Tom Steyer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that he might be able to throw a monkey wrench into that process. So I'm going to be watching that. That's funny because I asked you guys about him earlier this week. And you guys totally crapped all over the game. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, notice, you can tell where we're at. All three yeah. of us are going to make sports related, related predictions. Like we just, we can't change the subject yep. soon enough. All right. Uh, I'm going to predict Alabama and Clemson will not meet in the college football national championship game. Because they're going to play in the national semifinals 
like they did two years ago instead. All right. Shannon, thanks for joining us. Always good to see you. Appreciate you. Thank you. I knew. 43 days. I knew, man. I knew when I left 43 days. I knew when I left here yesterday. I knew. I knew I ruined it. 43 days. I just, I knew. And everybody I was talking to was like, no, dude, he's going through with it. It's 43 days. And in the back of my head, man, don't, don't do it, Charlie Brown. Lucy is going to pull the football away. I'm like, no. Football. <sighs> 43 days. And then, to, and then to say, well, we would never think about pushing back against the courts. I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. Why didn't you guys stop me yesterday? When I brought it up at the end of the show, why didn't you call dude foul and, and give me... I'm about to call a dude file right now if you're trying to pawn this off on Todd and I. I'm, I'm, you know what? That's, that's fair. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm pleading for help. Stop me, please. I, I've been repeating for like the last two minutes, 43 days. The, ne- the next time, the next time I anticipate something good before it occurs, Okay. you guys are under orders to forcibly by any means necessary stop me whatever it takes whatever it takes okay hour two is next please clap back here with hour number two live and on demand uh, but not really all that much in demand uh, here on Blaze Radio TV and Podcast. This is the Steve Day Show. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, would greatly appreciate you. Now, you might be thinking right now, why would I do that when I, I can't stand you? And you also would not be alone. But if that's you, don't lie. We wouldn't ask you to do that, like unless it was for a really worthy cause, but this would not be it. Uh, it, it maybe just keep that to yourself. Okay. Now, if you do like the show, though, fully feel free to embellish to the maximum with a five-star review. And the more of those that we get from uh, many of you, thousands of you have done this for us already. Thank you. The more of those we get, the more likely we are to find more people like you. And the more likely we are to, get, to continue to do this. So thank you for doing your part and giving us a platform to get paid to vent. 888-900-3393 is the number steve at stevedace.com is the email address like us on facebook follow us on twitter at steve dace show last name is d-e-a-c-e feedback friday this week brought to you by our friends at riduzone who knows it would be really weird if you kept a clock on your uh, dinner table telling you when it was time to stop eating or if you went to somebody else's house for dinner and you saw them like punch a clock when when the food was served and then like you heard a ticking sound the whole time, you may be thinking, I need to leave this place. And you would, you'd be correct about that too. The good thing is, nature and your creator put one of those clocks in your system. It's called OEA. Here's how it works. It sends a signal from the gut to the brain saying, hey, we're full. You can get us to stop eating, kick that metabolism into gear. Let's get active, move on with the rest of our day. Problem is for so many of us, uh, that signal just isn't as strong as it needs to be. And that's where the cravings comes in. That's why our metabolism doesn't work the way that uh, it's supposed to or it used to. And all Riduzone wants to do, it's not loaded with chemicals or stimulants or caffeine. All Riduzone wants to help you do 
is put that OEA back in your body. I used this just yesterday. In fact, I, uh, I have Thursday is one of my fast days. I'm doing that five to intermittent fast. So two days of the week, I, I stay under 700 calories. And I chose Tuesday and Thursday because those are the days my, my workout's a cardio workout. So I'm not breaking my body down as much as the days when I do resistance or lifting. Uh, and, and so I had uh, to uh, uh, take a buddy out to dinner last night. And I'm like, man, I got to make sure I stay under my calorie count. So thank you, Riduzone, uh, for helping me to just walk away. If you would like to give Riduzone a shot, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E is the website, riduzone.com. Use my name, Steve, as a promo code. They'll give you a special offer when you go to the website, riduzone.com. All right, gentlemen, are we ready for some Feedback Friday? You bet. All right, let's get started. This is from Reverend Don Marshall. In Greenwood, South Carolina, he says, thank you for your explanation the other day about how corporate America has become leftist, but you beg some questions I'd like to hear you answer. It would help me wrap my mind around how this has all happened and where we're going next as a society. Uh, How did the leftists take over the business world? How did they do it? Move into leadership positions within the major corporations? How is it that leftists dominate as opposed to having a corporate world that is divided between left and right as the general population is? Did they do it the way they took over the colleges? No, this is a result of them taking over the colleges. You know, and, and we... Pastor, let me give you and the rest of the audience an analogy that you will get totally. One day you're living in Shiloh or Bethel. You got up one day and married your daughters off like any other day. Got your ox out, tread your grain like any other day. Went to go uh, work your olive fields and you know wine press your grapes like any other day. Thinking for sure we got away with it again. And then, then you hear a sound, a loud, it gets louder and louder, like thunder coming your way. And then you realize, not until it's too late, it's a mass army called the Assyrians. And they're here to put bits in your noses and drag you off to their death camps. Well, that's if they don't rape and kill you first. It wasn't like every other day. It's just because it didn't happen three weeks ago, six months ago, two years ago. You thought there'd be no penalty for violating the laws of nature and nature's God. You thought you were going to get away with it until you didn't. Let me try another example. You're living in Jerusalem one day and you kind of get up and same thing, man. You're going to marry your daughters off like any other day. Send your sons off to Hebrew school like any other day. Go work your fields like any other day. And suddenly there's a commotion outside of the city gate. Nebuchadnezzar's outside. And um, he's about to launch an initiative where he's going to starve uh, you to death. So it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like every other day. Just kind of felt like you were getting away with it all this time. There would be like no consequences culturally for what you were doing. I'll give you one more. You get up one day in Rome, some of you go down to the Christian church, some of you go down to worship at the temple of Jupiter. It's like a day like any other day. Except it's not like any other day. 
the day has finally arrived. There's an armada outside of the walls, and they're coming over. The barbarians are at the gate. The Visigoths have arrived. And you have so multiculturaled yourself to absolute death as a people that a strange thing happens when you send the army out to the gate to defend you from the barbarians. Well, a lot of their relatives are in the same army. So then they take off their uniform, reverse the jersey as the kids say today, and start killing you. <laughs> because you thought you were getting away with it. There were, that, that, that Uncle Bingo would never arrive to say it's time to pay the check. It'd never be time to pay the piper. You're like the kid who just, yeah, I clean my room. I put stuff under the bed. Just never thinking your dad one day would just not be lazy enough to climb the stairs and check himself until the day that he did. We have operated under this assumption that we kind of knew it was bad in here, theoretically. We knew it was bad to give these leftists total hegemony, not just control, power, and hegemony over the education system. But we, we knew it was bad, but you know, Reagan gets elected, two Bushes get elected, a Trump gets elected, and you, and you operate under this notion that, well, you know, the kids are smart enough to filter that crap out. You know, we were at that age. We'll get away with it. Until you don't. We're not, we're not getting away with it. Aaron, on behalf of your generation, are we getting away with it, Aaron? Uh, I'm sorry, I can't answer that question until I check my gender. Exactly. We're not getting away with this anymore. That's where we are. They won the worldview battle. And it's easy to win a worldview battle when you're the only ones fighting. Ted Cruz used to say you win 100% of the, of the, of the battles you never fight. Or you lose 100% of the battles you never fight. The other side wins 100% of the battles when they don't have an opponent. <laughs> All right, there's no opposition. They have total control, and you'll just keep subsidizing them, and cool. So, sooner or later, the harvest is plenty, and the workers are even more plentiful. That's, that's what happened. New generation took over and realized, you know, we don't have to have a divide between corporate America and government anymore. We just take control of everything and just get it to do what we want it to do. And that's what's happened. We lost the worldview fight. Then he wants to know most of all, aren't they concerned that the same people in Washington who are cultural Marxists are also economic Marxists who will someday nationalize their corporations or will in some way control the decisions and operations of their corporations? No. They're not. Why? China. Because the Chinese cracked the code, folks. They figured it out. We can all get rich and keep the proletariat down if we just give them cell phones and HDTV. They'll never say. They'll, they, because here's the truth, and you, should, you know this, Reverend. None would choose him. 
All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There are none righteous, not a single one. We don't have a natural desire to worship God. We have a natural desire to make ourselves God and worship that. Or the God we would like. Like you hear skeptics and scoffers often say today, well, I wouldn't worship a God that would do those things. That's the natural human inclination. And we have a tendency to only turn to God when we feel as if we're, 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 beyond, we're beyond the scope of controlling the earthly dominions. That's when we seek the extra earthly things. That's why, Reverend Marshall, your church was a lot more full on September 12, 2001 than it was on the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, the 18th, and every Sunday since. That's where there were lines outside of our churches the day after 9-11. A reminder, there are forces at work in this world we cannot tame control that are larger than us. So we need, we, we need a hero larger than us too. Until we lose sight of those things, and then we just go back to thinking we got it going on. And the Shycoms figured out you know, we don't have to sit here every 20 years and have a new generation of college students. It was my generation, Todd's generation, the Gen Xers that went out to Tiananmen Square 30 years ago when we were in high school and college. And they got rolled, like, <laughs> literally. How come the millennials aren't doing this? How come Gen Z won't do it? Because the Shycoms figured out that um, if you get those wonderful toys... You really don't want to get up and go to church on Sunday either because you don't want to be told that you're a sinner. Hey, hey, and, and after we tell you you're bound for hell and that's what you want, we're going to pass the plate and you're going you're gonna to give us some of your money to tell us you that. People don't want to hear that. What they want to hear is uh, iPhone update. What they want to hear is uh, 4K UHD is totally played out now. That's what they want. Shycom's cracked the code. Realized... We can, over here in our elite sectors, get mind-numbingly rich if we just, if we, instead of oppressing the proletariat, if we pat them on the head, man. And if we fill their bellies and give them distractions, they're not protesting the one, China, the one child policy in China. We protest it more in America than they protest it. Why? Well, the same reason we have abortion here. I don't want to be responsible for my guiltless sex. They cracked the code. Instead of trying to turn human nature into what they wanted it to be, they were willing to accept human nature for what it is and are now making big money as a result. And that's what these corporations have figured out. Same thing. You'll let them do just about anything you want to you. Because in the end, human nature really just wants the same thing. Other than I'm suspending the free market uh, principles to save the free market. The dumbest thing George W. Bush said in his eight years is when he said the natural human inclination is to be free. Well, that's kind of right. It's to be free to oppress you, take from you what I want, and to not be accountable to absolutely anybody for it. That's the natural human condition. That's how most human societies have defined freedom. So the corporations have just figured out, we don't have to fight. Let's consummate. 
And, and as long as we give you what you want, we can take from you what we want. That's why they're not concerned about that. Government is guaranteeing you can't compete with these corporations. They're all too big to fail now. Nationalizing them means, on some level, that they won't face any, they won't face any competition. Well, Steve, look what happened in Venezuela. Venezuela doesn't have the world's largest nuclear armada. And its, um, its currency isn't the default currency of the planet. It was an asshole country before. At least that's what all these people are banking on. And they're all global. Besides, they're all global corporations now anyway. They can't be nationalized. And ultimately, what does the left want more than anything else? Same kind of globalism. Finally, he says, also, I have long thought that the leftists in Washington prefer large corporations, despite their political rhetoric in which they say they deplore them, because it is much easier to control three large corporations and millions of small businesses. Bingo. Let me, let me translate for you what too big to fail meant 10 years ago with the TARP. It didn't, mean that the, it didn't mean Lehman Brothers was too big to fail. Nobody does business with them anymore. It doesn't mean Baird Stearns was too big to fail or Goldman Sachs was too big to fail. That's not what it meant. It meant the Republicans and Democrats were too big to fail. Because see, who was, who was filling the coffers of their soft money? Meaning, legally, you can only give as an individual donor, there's a max that you can give. But you can get, that's called hard money. Soft money, unlimited at the time. That's the money that you gave to a political party rather than a specific candidate. So you were maxed out to give to a candidate. Soft money, you could give unlimited. Well, if, if, if you let these you know, transnational banks fail for their, own, um, uh, for their own idiot, stupid decisions, and they break up into regional entities again, or they're replaced by local entities again. I don't, I don't know if you have a local bank left in your community. I don't think we do in Des Moines, do we? Except for like credit, credit unions that oh, are employee I, credit unions. I couldn't, I couldn't name a, a local okay. bank. Yeah, but let, you know, if, if, if you have a local bank left in your community, does it have enough in its reserves that it can risk cutting a half million dollars to the RNC or the DNC? course it doesn't who does lehman brothers Bear stearns centralized banks do so yeah folks we we lost the worldview fight that's why we do so much theology and stuff on the show you're you're politically you're only doing rear guard actions right now you're trying to at best you're trying to unless you're lying to yourself you know you're welcome to do that I did it to myself yesterday, so I'm sympathetic. Um, but politically, all you're doing is you're, you're essentially trying to, to hold off the end game in the hopes that some revival or theological or philosophical awakening will take place. Or in the hopes that the, the places like California and the East Coast where these leftists have now total, total control fail and become cautionary tales that it wakes up the rest of the America. That's what you're doing. If you think, as Todd likes to say, if you think anything aspirational is happening here, you're either misinformed, lying to yourself, or lying to other people on behalf of the system. You're not. These are all rear guard actions at this point, man. You're trying to hold off the inevitable. 
Gentlemen, you have any thoughts on that? Well, you know, Megan Rapino in the news, when she says, uh, I deserve this, I want everything, she may she may drift off into Megan Rapino who land pretty soon, but the point is that that she is the the current poster child of what Steve's talking about, and, and she is legion. That's the level of entitlement through the long march of the institutions that has now parked itself in uh, corporate America. And Steve went all the way back to biblical times because there is nothing new under the sun. This is the, the, happened uh, to the institution uh, of the Catholic Church. Uh, Steve's outlined uh, uh, the decadence of the uh, papacy of the Borgias because it was looked as an institution where there was uh, a, p- a power to be had. So it was infiltrated. The current uh, priesthood has obviously been infiltrated. Uh, I'm just speaking now about my church, but in terms of the institutions, this is exactly how it works, and there, it, it, the Reverend's initial question, just trying to wrap your brain around, just as uh, earlier in the week, uh, Jerry Kelly uh, uh, did, uh, when he asked, I, I, and this guy is a military man, a conservative. Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly, not yeah. Jerry, excuse me. But he's just like, I, it's, I'm just kind of coming to terms with this, is these people really hate us at a lot I, I thought it was just like political warring for the longest no it's cultish hatred and they are trying to destroy this country it is a revolution it's happening now that's why we use terms like war so uh this is uh this is what steve just heard is really one of uh, the most important uh dialogues he's given uh because it sums up the essence of how this is a contagion this is a cancer it can't stop it won't stop and right now we are a people who just kind of make memes about this kind of stuff and think we're fighting back we're doing that with me with um megan rapino and people are putting out uh, poll, uh, uh serious they're serious they say yeah megan rapino would win an election right now against donald trump uh you might you can laugh at that if you want or you can start doing the things that make sure that 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 People can't even conceive of doing Nike things like that. Nike stock value went up last week. Yeah, I, t- I tell you what, that's not that far from being true. Whether it's Megan Rapino specifically or somebody like her, it's not that far away from being true. If we keep laughing at that notion, we get what we deserve. And we have to acknowledge we're fighting the the, the two main fronts we're fighting on right now. The two main fronts we're fighting on right now is what's a boy and a girl. Yeah, and. Um, can multinational corporations that have made billions of dollars off of regulatory environments subsidized by U.S. taxpayers, that they then can operate outside of the law and be given, given exemptions to operate outside of the law to, to enrich themselves um, using these things, at the same time then literally get to handpick who wins elections and what news you get to see. Those are the two main fights we're fighting on, fronts we're fighting on right now. Those are defensive actions, folks. Do you know how many arguments you have to lose before we get to the, well, what's a boy or a girl then? Pretty much I don't all know of anymore. Them. Pretty much all Pretty of much them. Pretty much all of them, yeah. How many arguments do you have to lose before we get to, well, you know, I think these corporations can just be exempt from the law, make all kinds of money, uh, these tech companies make all kinds of money, get exempt from the law, and then tell us what the law should be. You know how many arguments you have to lose before you get to that place? 
Did we almost have, as many I as you had they, to lose to get to where's it? What's a boy and a girl? I think at that point you're asking, did we have any arguments? Yeah. We're fighting for our, I hate to sound like the speech in Independence Day. We're fighting for our right to survive here. That, that's what, that's what yeah. we're doing, guys. Well, it's what we're doing here. Another movie, though, you, the whole thing you described is The Matrix. And ironically, that movie was written and directed by two brothers, one of whom is like a cross-dresser or something like that. Yeah. But the whole principle... Actually, I think he's had full gender reassignment okay. surgery, I believe. But the, the Wachowski brothers. The principle of that first movie, or, the, or they describe it, maybe it was in the second movie, where the initial Matrix was too perfect, too utopian. That people realized it can't That's be That's old true. China. Yeah. So then it's like, they figured it out like the Chaicoms, and they gave them the cell phones. Yep. And they made the dream when you're living inside the pod real, where now you have a character who actually wants to go back into it yeah that's exactly it what the the challenge i think for christians living in the united states right now who are aware and have their eyes open is this tension that we live in that we are i think by and large and i think it's human nature and natural that when we have access to and still have somewhat of a voice in our political process to be preoccupied with that and to be preoccupied with this country, the, the hunk of land between two oceans, as I've described it before. Yet we still have good reason to love this country. There are still trappings. There are still vestiges sure. Absolutely. of what made this country great that yeah. we just talked about last week. But there is this preoccupation with the political and the cultural uh, goings-on uh, along the lines of what Todd was saying, either at a deep or at a shallow level, where our preoccupation, our first calling, our first thing should be the Great Commission. Um, I don't... That, that's, not, that's not the preoccupation. It is this tension where we still have... We still love this country and some of it, but yet we can be preoccupied with the hunk of land... We still have a voice in our politics, but we still, uh, but but increasingly, our politics are becoming to the point where you can't not get your hands dirty at some level. Where at the exact same time, those things really don't matter at the end of the day. So long at the end of the day, because our first priority, our first hope, should be in revival. We should be praying for revival, praying for a divine intervention, as we've talked about um, ad nauseum. But that is the tension, again, that we live in as Christians, not to be preoccupied with the nostalgia of America, yet at the same time appreciating what it is or what it was supposed to be. And I know some of you are going to be mad at me about my thoughts on Trump caving under the courts yesterday. Do you know what, whatever you think his odds of being reelected next year are? Do you know they would only improve? They would only improve if he told these judges to take a long walk off a short cliff. How do I know this? Well, I happen to be at the tip of the spear of the only successful attempt, and maybe the only real attempt that's ever been made in the last, I don't know, 100 years in American history to push back on the judicial branch. And it's the retention election we did in Iowa over 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. And you know what I found is, is I really wanted to educate a lot of people on these issues and why they could do this. And do you know how many people told me, I don't even care if we can do it. 
I'm just tired of these judges telling me what I can do. So screw them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This would only help him politically to do this. This would only help him. At least do this. If you're a homeowner, it's the most valuable investment you're ever going to have. So make sure you protect it from the latest scam making the rounds. All right. And this is called home title fraud. The FBI's former head of cyber crimes was on 60 Minutes recently warning about this and pointing out that a lot of your mortgage notes, your, your home titles are kept online in databases that can be hacked by scammers. And so what they're doing is they're, they're targeting that equity, which is the, you know, how much the difference is between what you owe and what the home is worth, your profit margin. And, and what they do is they forge their name onto your paperwork and then they take out loans against your equity and then stick you with the payments. And often you don't even know about this until the bills come in or the foreclosure notices. Your mortgage lender can't protect you. Your bank can't, not even your identity theft protection can. That's why you want to go to Home Title Lock. That's all they do is protect your home. It's just pennies a day to put a virtual barrier around your home's title. And if they detect any nefarious activity at all, they will get on protecting what will end up being the most valuable investment most Americans will ever make, their own home. If you want to protect that investment, go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. All right? And, and ask them about the free title scan and report. Uh, and that's where they'll find out if your home's title has already been uh, tinkered with or targeted. Uh, and you get that for free. It's called the Title Scan and Report at HomeTitleLock.com. I think some of the confusion comes from two sides. One, we have the numbers. And the guns, they hold all the institutions. And we live in a representative form of government. We don't live in a direct democracy. So whoever really has control of the institutions really has the control, regardless of the numbers of the masses. Because, you know, we look at things like the movies that are the most successful are the ones that touch on our themes and values. Like we've had that conversation. And we're like, we're looking at how many, the, the number one selling book in America right now is Molly Hemingway's book about what happened to Brett Kavanaugh last year. The woman who claimed Trump raped her in some heavily surveilled, you know, upscale Manhattan department store changing room 30 years ago. That's done like 7,000 interviews on national TV. She sold 1,920 copies of that book for all of that exposure. And so we look at all these numbers and we're like, I don't get it. But we've let them control the institutions. In our form of government, whoever controls the institutions has control regardless of the numbers, unless you mobilize your numbers into taking back control of those institutions. More in a moment. Hey, if you're thinking of having to replace your carpet soon because of uh, pet odors and stains, before you make that hefty investment, you must give Genesis 950 a try because it's an amazing pet stain and odor remover. With water, Genesis 950 breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so that they're gone for good. And the good news is because if you, if you like wiped up your carpet, you keep vacuuming, you're like, it looks good. 
Why are the odors still there? It's the padding. And that's where Genesis 950 comes into play. It's antibacterial, easy for me to say, component. Uh, removes pet stains and odors from the carpet all the way down into the pesky padding there. So if you're tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it is time to try Genesis 950. Now, it works all over the house, too. I mean, the grease stains on the floor of the garage, uh, you know, it cleans up the nice quartz and granite in the kitchen and the bathrooms. But where it really shines for you is those pet stains and odors in the carpeting. If you want to try Genesis 950, go to the website, genesis950.com. That's genesis950.com. Use the promo code PLAYS when you get there, and they'll give you a discount on the website at genesis950.com. Promo code PLAYS. This is an email I have received numerous times the last few years, but I think it bears resetting given the conversation we've been having today. This is from Russell Berger. He says that in an interesting encounter recently, I was talking to a friend via her Facebook page about immigration, and it was civil, even though she, even though that's an interesting encounter in its own right, being civil in the Facebook comments section, and especially when discussing something this politically polarized. But uh, my friend had shared a Washington Post article about the House passing a bill to basically give citizenship to two million quote immigrants. Well, we got into a good hour or so long conversation, a healthy back and forth discussing the idea of letting those who've broken the law to be in the U.S. jumping the head of the line of those who've been trying to do it legally and talking the basic numbers and the cost, like we even dipped into the $22 trillion in debt that we have. I'm rambling a bit, so forgive me, he says, but overall, we agreed all when all was said and done. That conversation I had with her is what got me and what I found interesting. My friend here is a millennial. She's a suburban woman. And from past conversations, I'm guessing from what she's posted on her page, she's center left at least. From listening to your show for a while now, I know that getting the suburban women vote is ultimately a must. With the encounter I had, I started thinking, is there any groups, causes, or something that tries to get in touch with suburban women to discuss the issues and have a civil dialogue like I had with my friend? I think that if there was some kind of organization that's grassroots, holds town halls, and makes a real effort toward reaching out to these women, we might be able to regain them. In the end, it really helped me to see that conservatives need their own party, one that conveys the issues and looks for people who'd actually represent them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you, do you know what the polling is on, the, on whether the census should include like a census? Whether the census should be a census, where we should actually find out how many Americans are there, right? Like Americans. It's like over 70%. Over like 70%. Agree with this. So what, what, what political fallout? Go ahead, Aaron. You're a xenophobe. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> what political fallout would there be for Donald Trump to defy the courts on such a simple question? Not, absolutely not, is the answer. Do you know how many of the things we care about? I mean, abortion's a really divisive issue. What's funny is the next, is Aaron's generation is beginning to turn away from the uh, rainbow jihad. If I buy the polling, which I kind of think it's a scam, but we'll play along. Because if the polling's true, then they're admitting, you know, we have really just shoved this so far down people's throats that we're creating our own backlash here by not letting them, you know, have a minute to breathe. 
And the Republican Party is not a credible vehicle to most of America. It's just not. It's a place that people vote for when they think the Democrats are credible. Because <laughs> like, holy crap, they really meant that stuff. <laughs> they're 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 gonna really take my doctor away. We're gonna you're gonna really have dudes take my sis my 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 daughter's spot on the soccer team. This was for real, for reals. You guys really meant this stuff. See, the, the Democrats are considered credible, and that's why the American people hate them. The Republicans are not credible. That's why the American people don't like them either. So we don't we don't have a credible vehicle. The the part the, the brand Republican is so tarnished. It's a black hole. There's just there's no other means by which to credibly give people a place to go to vote. So what you have here is the you have the ultimate uh, duopoly situation. What's a duopoly, Steve? Well, you know, I thought Norm Peterson said it once, said it best once on Cheers. Women, can't live with them, pass the beer nuts. That's a duopoly right there, all right? Okay? I mean, there's no other place to go, so we just keep going back. (laughs) That's a duopoly. You know, you had a guy 25 years ago tried to do something about this. He just died this week. Soared into first place in the polls in June. And then I think, thought, holy crap, I might actually win. And claimed George Herbert Walker Bush and his minions were disrupting just some crazy conspiracy that uh, Bush's people were disrupting his daughter's wedding and threatening his family. So he dropped out. Ross Perot dropped out. Right when he was in the lead in all the polls. And then after Labor Day, he decides to come back so he can get in the debates. I, I, I don't think he ever wanted to be president. I just think he wanted a stage. He got 19, still got 19% of the vote. Despite how quirky and nuts his in, am I running? Larry, Larry, am I running? I don't know, Larry. I hear a giant sucking sound. Yeah. He's on Larry King every night. Am I running or not? And that was 25 years ago. People were so desperate to an alternative to this that when the hand grenade with a haircut who made it pretty clear that he actually didn't want the job when people were willing to give it to him and only got back in so he could have a national platform in the debates. People were so desperate for an alternative to this. 25 years ago, he got 19% of the vote after all of that. Ask yourself, do you think people are more or less satisfied with Republicans and Democrats than they were 25 years ago, do you think? What do you think, Todd? Un poco less. (laughs) Yes. The correct answer is when is Mueller testifying? Yes. By the way, since you brought that up, all right? In fact, I I want this to be a public service announcement. Let's put this on the Facebook page later. Okay. Okay, although let's put it there, but it's Facebook, so they won't let anybody see it. But let's make sure we put what I'm about to say everywhere. Okay. Okay. Mueller's testifying July 19th, right? Sure. Okay. All right. <clears throat> okay. Camera on me? Yeah. Right, good. Camera two? Okay. 
If you are an illegal alien, if you have been contemplating what day should I invade the United States? What day should I risk life and limb to escape the S-hole country I currently am forced to reside in? Your day of reckoning, your day of deliverance is coming. A week from today, July 19th, you will be able to do to this country absolutely anything you want that day. And no one will do a damn thing. Because Robert Mueller's testifying for reasons only a law knows. You're asking now, who's a law? We don't have him in my country. Well, welcome to America. We have him here. All right, so July 19th, that is your day. Fire up the dueling banjos. It's your day of deliverance. July 19th, write it down. You can do absolutely anything you want. Is this the Purge movie for real? And you will get away with it. Anything. July 19th. You're welcome. Did you get that? Yep, we're good. That's kind of what you were alluding to, right? Yep. Yes. Yep. July 19th. Rob Banks, do whatever you want on July 19th. Won't make a difference. You got any letters in there that are like, what's your favorite color or something? I'm ga- I'm gassed. Uh, here's look at this. Paul Sokolowski writes. I was curious with all the talk about impeaching the president. How would the country, government, and media deal with Mike Pence's president? They would then try to impeach him immediately as well. Yep. Is that what you were looking for? My color is green. Thank you for that one. Um, where else should we go? Yeah, you got a green shirt on today, or is that uh, is that green? No. Skylar Wolf wants to know which is worse, making money off of killing babies or making money off of fighting killing babies without actually trying to win. Yes. Yes. So uh, I'm looking for your pick-me-ups, right? That's what you're looking for? <laughs> did, it make, did it get lighter here the last few minutes? <laughs> As Eric Cartman once said, all I see is black. <laughs> I think what it is is I, I, it's my, this is today, this is all my fault. I really thought, yes, he's going to do it. I can't, I can't believe he's going to do it. But this is why I'm never going to save you, even though you asked me to promise you to save you in those moments, because these moments, it's gold, Jerry. Menken used to say behind every cynic is a hopeless romantic who's just been disappointed all too often. Yes. Todo a pesta. (laughs) <laughs> Aaron, you're liking my suggestion more and more as the show goes on, I do. don't you? You yes. are going to dwell on it this weekend, mm. and we are going to see. Hold on, folks. Next week, a, a new no a new introduction to the show. Mm. It'll be it's magnifico. Yep. I yeah. I think. See, I can't. I I I want to hope. You know, I almost went Jimmy Stewart. Clarence, I want to live. Clarence. <laughs> I just. I can't. I can't. I can't accept losing. You guys know this. I can't. SEC there has to be a way to win. Is on there Monday. must be. I really thought he was going to do this. That Actually, I, I was going to bring it up earlier in the week about that very thing. When you were talking about 
just yesterday, the day before, about the time to fight, and most people don't. Our problem is is the reverse. It's like now, are you more or less certain than ever before in terms of rhetorical uh, ability, spirit, uh, uh, preaching success, in to, to to secure the victory? I mean, I'm more certain than ever. I mean, it is just like shooting a fish in a barrel. But it gains less and less purchase at the same time. So we are left with that. Like, when do we go to Nineveh? When do we shake the dust from our feet and say, you get what you deserve? That, I, I, I have those moments daily. Yeah, I, so do I. I'm having them the last two hours live. And, and my frustration with this is, you know, the, the, the GOP smart set told me for years when I wanted a, a GOP official to defy the court. So that can't be done and you can't win that way. And so we went out and did it in Iowa. We started a, a, a referendum campaign literally from dirt, from nothing. People like Bob Vanderplatz, myself, and several others. We, had, we, didn't, have, we didn't have a pot to urinate in, actually. We were yeah. urinating on trees, okay? We had nothing. And someday when it's safe, I'll tell you the story of how we, how we uh, convinced uh, some GOP power breakers to, to give us uh, um, some of our initial uh, uh, money that launched that mission. But we started from nothing, and it didn't even start until August with the election in November. So most people don't even vote in judicial retention elections. You have to turn the ballot over. Most people don't even do that, Right. So there's a, there's a million things going against us here. Yeah. We have, we're up against a machine. We have no money. People don't even realize there's another side of the ballot half the time. And we're out of time. And in about 90 days, we did something that had not been done in American history. So I, I know this wins. I've, I, I've, I've lived it. Yeah. I was on, we did, we've actually done this successfully. And I thought I thought that was going to be a turning of the tide of some kind. So did I. And nope. So did I. And I and I just I'm at it's that last scene in Almost Famous when he calls up Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman's character, you know, and he's like at the end of the movie, and he goes, and, and what did he warn him at the beginning? Now when you travel around with these bands, they're gonna make you feel like you're cool. Take it from me, you're not cool. Just do your job. Right? Right? And at the end of the movie after he's spent all the time on the road, right? They even sang Tiny Dancer together on the highway. At the end of the movie, man, they kick him to the curb. And he calls Philip Seymour Hoffman up, his reporting mentor, and he's crushed, man. And, and Hoffman says to him, he goes, let me guess. They made you feel like you were cool, didn't they? I, I, thought, that, I thought he was going to do it. I really did. I, I allowed myself to have hope. And, I, and, and having known him in the past, I thought if he did it on something as benign as this and it was successful, he understand, nobody understands the principle of upselling better than Donald J. Trump, right? He'd be like, well, dude, if I can get away with it on this and everybody's cheering me, why don't we just throw another shrimp on the Barbie while we're at it? Well, we have Christopher Walken as the new White House spokesperson and all I'm having to do is come out there and say, oh, more cowbell. I think this needs more cowbell, Right. If we could just get him to do it something on something once that was benign that 70 plus percent of the American people thought was a good idea. Find out if we're going to take a census. Let's actually take a census. 
find out who actually lives here. I have to go speak right after this, guys. And it's supposed to be like this really encouraging talk. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You guys, the audience doesn't know this yet. You guys have to do the overtime. I got to jet out of here like right after we're done in a few minutes. Could I have a speaking engagement. Don't forget your trying. sport coat. Thank you. And because you, you, you had to know something was up, folks. That's why I'm wearing a collared shirt, right? Two days in a row. You had to know something ain't right. <laughs> that should have been your first clue. I've, I've got to go give some like... Go get them, guys. Pre-game pep talk speech here in an hour. Nada es imposible. <laughs> That's my phrase, Todd. I think I'm going to get that tattooed on my Just need Here's to my it. phrase. Yo quiero Taco Bell. All right, that's where I'm at right now. Gotcha. All right. Make a run for the border. In fact, don't, because the border is making a run for you, and it will continue, apparently. I see what unabated. you did there. See what I did there? That's a good ad. It's an ad Trump should do, but won't. <laughs> And the thing is, I'm, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope again, again, because I, it's, I, I know, I know, I like to, I know, I like to believe, I am, the spaghetti western antihero, but there's a reason why, I love Superman so much. In the end, when you boil it all down, as much as I am loath to admit it. And it's one of the things about myself I hate the most. In the end, I'm a nice guy and I want good things to happen. And a lot of this persona I have, I had to craft to defend myself against what was going on in my own home growing up. Because in a given day, if you let yourself hope, that might be the day that Dave either came home and took you to Cedar Point or beat the hell out of you. In the end, as much as I try to avoid it, I, I want to hope. And I let myself hope yesterday. So after this, if you need some energy, and you're going to need some, Brickhouse Nutrition, all right? Try from dawn till dusk, all right? Clean energy, improved mood, which you'll need after this show. Frankly, which I'm going to need after this show. At BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve to give it a shot. Don't put all those chemicals in your bottle, on your body. Get from dusk till dawn instead. Promo code Steve. BrickHouseSteve.com for 15% off of your first order. Gentlemen, the floor, you may have the con. Everybody else, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. Mm-hmm.